Good morning, and uh, thank you for joining us from Vancouver early over there. What time are you, are you calling us at? It's about 7.50 over here. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, look, um, I just wanted to introduce our investors to MT Cobalt. It's a company which has been, been around for uh, a while now, and um, I'd be keen to understand a little bit more about your background uh, and that of your teams. Um, so if you could give us a little run through. M2 Cobalt is really a marriage between some of the founders who put together a company called Millennial Lithium. It's a big lithium player in the lithium triangle in Argentina. Mm -hmm. And they've been very successful in attracting north of $100 million at this point. And they've moved their project quickly through preliminary economic assessment, resource drilling, um, uh, feasibility and they're now they're now producing from a pilot so when they were out raising money and talking to people uh, being a lithium company they kept getting asked did they know of any cobalt projects so a couple of the early guys in that project sort of approached me and said you know let's look at doing a cobalt play um, because it's obviously a key part of the lithium ion technology as well so couple of years ago we started looking seriously at it and uh, I was able to bring in that side but also marry it to a private company with amazing assets in Uganda. Our main thesis is we are um, the same geology as the Congo, amazing East African geological trends um, but in a, in, a, in a better regime for, uh, for doing business and for building business. My background originally is a securities lawyer from, um, from Scotland, went to the bright lights of London in 1990, had a great few years, didn't see a lot of sunlight though, and decided it would be more fun moving into the investment banking world and got an offer and was in, in small mid-cap banking in London for several years before moving out to Vancouver in 2000. Since that time, I've been involved in the junior uh, markets, um, originally on energy and energy technology, including energy storage, but also uh, a lot of mining, especially over the last 10 years or so. So this project for me with the energy storage elements of cobalt and obviously the resource side of my background brings both of those sides together nicely, which... Um, which is great. And, and I, I would say the key person in this project is actually a lady based in uh, Uganda called Dr. Jennifer Hinton. Um, Jennifer is a Canadian uh, Saskatchewan farm girl by background, went to the bright lights of uh, Vancouver and you know did her uh, three degrees, including a PhD in geologic engineering, um, and then was recruited by the World Bank. And put into Uganda 15 years ago. Uganda still suffers from the stigma of Idi Amin and civil wars, and which is really the opportunity. When the rest of East Africa was being explored, people were steering well clear of uh, Uganda. But they do have a history in mining, and they wanted to re-energize that and put themselves back on the map. So the World Bank came in and did an initial 50 million pound project where they overhauled the mining code. They also flew the country for geophysics and did a bunch of geochem and 
they rank various areas of the country for prospectivity for certain minerals. So Jennifer was a key part of that study. She fell in love with the place when she was there, but she also saw the opportunity. And after her time with the World Bank, she stayed. And it was the bottom of the mining cycle, and she used her knowledge to lock up what we believe are the best assets in the country. So she's a critical person. She's well-respected and well-liked and well-positioned in country. And she, I mean, obviously you've got three, three degrees in, in, in the subject, but is she as a practical hands-on geologist or when she was with the World Bank? Well, she's, yeah, she's a geologic engineer. So, so yes, I mean, she has that side to it. I mean, she's not a full geologist. Um, and we have, a, you know, we have a head geologist as well. And I'll right. give you a little bit on his background. Yeah, but she's very, she's very practical. She's very pragmatic. She was actually a, a big part of what she did was help train the Department of Mines and and uh, a lot of the technical people. And they have a very strong um, department now in Uganda. They've got a lot of local geos and engineers that have evolved. And so, you know, they're really at the point where they're ready to bring the world back in and start expanding mining, which is happening. Mm. And, you know, because of Jennifer, we, we're the first movers for cobalt in an amazing geological setting. So, you know, that's that's very exciting for us. Yeah, I mean, so the, I know you've talked about first mover advantage, um, and that can be a good thing and a bad thing. And so why, why do you believe that's a good thing in the case of Uganda? First off, the geology. Um, a lot of the key mineral trends out of Katanga, which is the main copper cobalt area in, in the DRC, um, cross to the north through Uganda. They also go south through Zambia. Mm-hmm. And you've started to see reserves come up in Zambia. And, you know, Uganda's just been un- unexplored. So no one's really done much drilling there. So it's, it's a real land of opportunity from that perspective, from the underlying rocks and the underlying geology. But there's also a history um, back before Idi Amin came in, and between the 50s and 70s, the highest grades of copper in the world were produced from a mine in Uganda called Kalembe which in those days they weren't looking for cobalt, but cobalt was actually the byproduct of the separation process to, to uh, bring out the, the copper. But they produced, you know, in excess of 25,000 tons of cobalt from this mine. So we know the geology doesn't stop at the border. It extends through into Uganda. So are you a, a market of one at the moment, or have you got peers in country or, and obviously next door in DRC? Uh, I, I would say on the, on the cobalt side, we are the main guys. I mean, I guess um, copying is the best form of flattery. I mean, we've seen a number of juniors and other players come in and lock up land around us and sort of leverage on the work we're doing. But we're the guys that are out flying, you know, surveys, doing uh, in-depth geochemistry, geophysics, and, and now we've launched some drilling. So we are actually... In, in the process of a small initial drill program, which is testing three of our key targets that we've developed. So on the cobalt side, there's not a lot of people doing what we're doing yet. There's a big oil and gas boom in Uganda. You yes. also have Rio Tinto there on the nickel side. You also have Lafarge on the aggregate side, and there is also some tin and tantalum mined on the Rwandan border. Which again, it brings us on neatly to infrastructure there. I, I guess it's all there. I'd say, you know, 10 years ago, it was probably more challenging than it is today, but there's been a lot of, as I say, growth through oil and gas and, and other industries. 
The road system's improved significantly. Um, where our assets are easy to, to get to, especially um, our, our biggest collection of assets, which are about two and a half hours north of the capital, Kampala, in, in rolling farmlands. I think the other thing about Uganda is it's, it, because it's so fertile, it's got a very big um, agricultural side. So, you know, 90% of the country is, uh, is agricultural. Easy to get to, uh, good roads, there's, you know, the electricity. Um, it, it, I mean, our assets surround the former mine at Kalimbe and are in the center part of the country. So there's, there's hydroelectric, there's other forms of electricity. Um, and the road network takes you out through uh, into Tanzania and uh, the port there would be Dar es Salaam. Right. Okay. And, and so just in terms of yeah, sticking with the topic of uh, country risk, um, what's, what, what currency do they use or do they peg themselves to? Uh, the US dollar. US dollar. Much. And is there much yeah. currency volatility? And it's it's not too bad. We obviously run everything from uh, from Vancouver. We have a team of twenty five in country, and we send uh, you know we send money down there as on an as needed basis. Right, right. And um, just in terms of your relationship with the ministry, I think you've mentioned Jennifer earlier. Um, but things like royalty rates, free carry, tax rates, etc. Who manages that, and what are they like in country? So they, I mean, the World Bank implemented a, a very good open mining code, um, you know, they are based off British law originally. Um, so, I mean, Uganda, it was actually never a colony of, of Britain, it was a protectorate. So, it, which, which is a good thing because you don't have fighting over land, which you do in other parts of Africa. The land was never redistributed. When, uh, when the country was colonized, because as I say, it was a protectorate, it wasn't a colony. Mm. So you have the benefits of British legal system, British civil service, but you know, without a, a number of the downsides. So there's a good basis there initially. And then the World Bank helped them put in place a, a, an up-to-date modern mining structure and mining code. Mm -hmm. The royalties are typically a flat rate of 5%. There's no um, ownership from the government and that kind of stuff at this, uh, you know, certainly at this stage of the cycle. And the tax, the tax uh, regime is pretty straightforward. So very transparent, easy to manage. And, uh, you know, they're looking to attract business. So we've seen on the oil and gas side, there's been tax holidays and a number of other incentives. So I think being a first mover on the mining side definitely uh, is a big advantage as well. Right. And have you experienced any issues around, um, you know, social or environmental issues with locally or nationally? No, not at all. We obviously um, utilize the locals as much as we can. And we, you know, out of our team of 25, the majority of them are locals. As I say, there's good geologists, good engineers down there. We do another critical guy in our team is a guy called Dean Bessera, who is a 25-year veteran geologist. Uh, he was one of the founders of Apex Geosciences, which is a big global geosciences group. He's worked across all the continents. He's worked on copper and gold projects, has made discoveries. And he worked for the private Ugandan company that Jennifer helped set up and, and put the assets into over the last six or seven years. So he's very familiar with the country. He runs our programs and, you know, has the teams beneath him, uh, brings in other Western geos and expertise on the geophysical side as we need. 
Um, so he's just a, a great uh, Rolodex and a great guy to run the programs. And he tends to be in country, I'd say, you know, over two thirds of his time. What would you say your strengths were versus that of your peers um, in the region? I think if you look at the peers in the junior cobalt space we have far and away the largest asset package in terms of acreage so you know that doesn't necessarily mean a lot unless you you've got something but but what i would say is is um you know we're in the right uh, postcode you know i think the location is everything uh, i look at peers in uh, in the congo that struggle with the you know the local regime and the local government um, and struggle to get a foothold. Um, certainly there's amazing assets in, in the Congo, but there's a lot of other issues. I look around the world at you know, some of the juniors in Australia where the grades are very low, um, and that's not meant to be a blanket statement, but typically the mineralization is different. Um, I think if you look at those kind of areas, I think our ability, because we have such a strong team in country that's well positioned that helped train you know a lot of the a lot of the locals and is well known and well respected as as part of the the local industry i think that's a critical advantage so we're able to get things done we do things on time we you know we pay all our bills on time we file everything we need to on time and we're, and we're just on it and and then I and then I just look at the potential. If you analyze cobalt, um, we're going to need a lot of new sources of cobalt, and I think that's been the issue in the junior space. Is there just hasn't been a lot of progress from the juniors in really proving up viable new sources of large scale yeah, cobalt production. I think, I think that's true. Um, so just in terms of your what the future looks like for you, obviously you're sitting on a very large land bank, so. You know, what are the opportunities? What are these sort of catalyst moments over the next 12 months for you? So we've started drilling. I mean, obviously, uh, um, you know, we raised money back in, in uh, January. We went out for $5 million and we, and we actually raised eight and a half. It was a hot market. We brought the Ugandan assets in at that point. It was a transaction that was clearly liked by the markets. They could see the prospectivity. So... Um, what we did with that money is we did a highly successful phase one program with lots of geophysics, geochemistry. We identified over a dozen large-scale target areas um, with three different styles of mineralization, which was great. More than I could have uh, wished for, you know, when we launched that program. Um, and, you know, we, we anticipated on the back of that we would raise more capital to then move into a, into a bigger drilling program. Um, I guess with the markets being challenging over the last little while, really the feedback from shareholders was, well, you raised a bit of extra money, we'd like to see you do some initial drilling and at least test you know, two or three of your key targets. So that's what we're doing. We're out there now. We should start to get results either late this year or early next year from that. And I think that will be a big catalyst because it'll, it'll start to show the potential of some of the assets. Now, it's a small drilling program and these are large assets, so they take time to develop. But I think um, I think we have lots of potential to really start to show, okay, we're getting great mineralization on the surface and, and clearly great signs, and here's the next level of, uh, of what we're seeing as we're doing a bit of drilling. And then from that, we would love to then raise more capital and 
move into a bigger drill program and come out with maiden resource numbers on one, two or three key targets, sort of, you know, Q2, Q3 next year, um, with a goal of then moving into the uh, preliminary economic assessment phase on those targets, uh, you know, uh, Q3, Q4 next year. Right, okay. That, that's the plan. And, you know, there'll be lots of uh, news flow and milestones along the way. Right. And so obviously it's been a tough year for everyone in the marketplace. Um, you know, no, no one's been immune to that. Um, so if I just very quickly go through some, some of the basic financials um, here, if, if you're comfortable with that. So can you talk us through the corporate structure and share structure as it stands? So, so we have 63 million shares issued. Um, most of, as I said, we raised eight and a half million dollars at 50 cents uh, back in January. Um, our share price sort of like everyone else's has fallen to about half that. We've been typically in, in and around the mid 20 cents for the last month or two here. Um, so, so um, you know, that gives us a market capitalization in and around 15, 16 million dollars. I think at the end of our last quarter, we had about $3 million in cash. Um, as I mentioned, we're doing an initial drill program, you know, of around about a million and a half dollars over the next two to three months here. Um, and so we have another million and a half in working capital over and beyond that. What's your burn rate? I mean, how long is that going to... Well, burn rate is, the, you know, the underlying burn rate would be sort of somewhere in the 120 to 150,000 Canadian a month. But obviously, over and above that right now, we have a lot of experience expenses with drilling. I mean, drilling is relatively inexpensive in, in Uganda. It's typically about 130, 140 US a meter. So it's relatively inexpensive. But obviously, when you're in a drill program, you're spending a lot more than your underlying burn on a monthly basis. Yeah, yeah. And so who are the major shareholders? Uh, most of the shareholders are still the management team and the board. Um, and associates, and when we when we went public and merged in the uh, private Ugandan company, we all agreed to voluntary three-year escrow arrangements. So the, there's roughly 50% of the company that's subject to three-year escrow arrangements and, and lockups. Right. right. So that makes sure there's strong alignment across our whole team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's the, what's the retail base? What percentage do they hold? And I'm well, assuming, you know, it's, a, uh, I'm assuming that, it's majority yeah. Canadian retail base. Yes. So, so I'd say out of the other 50%, there's probably um, the majority of it sort of uh, call it 40% plus in total would be retail. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, somewhere in the 5 to 10% range would be family, office, um, institutional. Right, right. So, you, And do you intend to market yourselves, obviously, a little bit more this year with these catalyst events that you've mentioned? Um, and that'll be Canada and Europe? Yes. I mean, it's an African play. Yeah. So um, we have a lot of people, you know, a lot of interest out of uh, London and Europe. Yes, yeah, better understood story over here, for sure. The African story. Exactly. I mean, there's a, a strong liking for African stories in London and in Europe. They understand the, 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 the country risk, um, but also understand the opportunities and the ability to 
find really amazing assets down there. So, you know, it's definitely a very good audience for us. Um, we've had a very good audience as well, I'd say, in Hong Kong and China. Um, obviously, they dominate the uh, the world's supply of, uh, of finished cobalt products. So, you know, strategically, there's lots of interest there. And, and, and I shouldn't say there isn't interest in North America. I'd say they're behind the other two, but but the, I think it's quickly becoming obvious to anyone who's really starting to dig into it just how much of a strategic metal cobalt is. So we're seeing more and more interest out of the U.S. and and Canada, although it's been very uh, cannabis focused over here this year. Um, I noticed exactly. There's um, it, it, I think it's swinging back to you know being much more uh, broader. Uh, again, and uh, junior mining, obviously, uh, can, can Canadian institutions and investors have uh, a good knowledge of it. Right, Simon, I'm conscious of your uh, time uh, constraint here. So just just to finish off with, what would you say, top three things you'd like to investors to think of when they think of M2 Cobalt? I think, I think when they think of us, I think our really unique features are having such a, a strong, deep team in, uh, in an amazing um, country, which is, is in one of the most unique geological settings in the world. So I think, I think you know, you can have um, the best assets in the world, but if you don't have a team, and especially a team that can execute locally, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, so, you know, I think, I think the team is critical. Yeah. I think the geological setting is critical. I think, you know, through historical accident or, or whatever, um, you, you know, the whole of East Africa is underexplored, but I'd say Uganda is unique because of its history. And that's what's provided this amazing opportunity to be a first mover. Um, uh, and I'd say, you know, just look at, I, I think we've achieved amazing results um, in, in our first phase. And I think now, obviously, there's a lot of catalysts coming as we start to drill and go into the next phase. So lots of, there should be lots of milestones, lots of news coming. And, um, you know, I think, we're, I think we're in a really great place to execute. And again, for us, we're not interested in small scale opportunities, which is why we are. I mean, we, we, you know, it, it's a bit of a cliche being in East Africa, but we are truly elephant hunting. Thanks for your time uh, uh, for running through MT Cobalt's story. No problem. Um, it would be great if we can catch up soon and perhaps um, run through in a little bit more detail some of the elements you've talked about today. Um, but for now, I'll let you go and we'll speak soon. Absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure. And uh, just, just let us know we're, we're around and happy to talk at any time. Wonderful. Okay. Have a good day. Take care now. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you wanna see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.